Welcome to AF Talks, where we engage in informative and inspiring conversations relevant to today's association professionals. I am your host, Michelle Mason. Today's guest is Roy Kopko, President and CEO of Adish Technologies. Welcome, Roy. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing very well, doing very well, all things considered. (laughs) So uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, digital reskilling skills of the future, just have a general conversation. But before we get started, Roy, tell us about yourself. Well, um, uh, I'll start with the personal stuff. I'm a father of two. I live in the suburbs of Chicago and I uh, have been in technology my entire career. Uh, in fact, I think the first time I ever touched a computer, if you want to call it that, was a DEC VT100 for those people that are that old, uh, that dialed into a mini computer, and I did that in fourth grade um, some time ago. Um, through that, I learned mostly some like programming, but mostly played games. They had games, believe it or not, back then as well. Uh, they weren't quite as graphical as they are today. Uh, and then I started out in sales, uh, mostly hardware and software. and um, mostly infrastructure stuff like servers, LANs, WANs, back in the day, that's what we call them. Um, I worked for a software company for a period of time, but uh, now here at Adage, which is a web development firm, uh, this is my third technology company, which I started about 20 years ago. So you could say I've kind of been digital for the majority, if not all of my life. Fantastic. Roy, tell us about Tell us more, uh, tell us a little about Adage. You started the technology company, and so what uh, needs did you see in the industry that uh, required fulfilling? You know, we started the company uh, about 20 years ago, like I said, and, and we were based in Chicago, about 70 people. I think initially we had set out to be, we were, we were kind of software geeks, right? So we wanted to build what's called web applications back in somewhere circa like, uh, you know, 2001, right on the dot-com uh, crash, actually, is when we launched uh, which was a, a bit of a struggle to begin with. But at the time, there was a need for these sort of specific line of business applications written in a web format. Uh, and, but that's evolved now to when you, over the years, we saw things like uh, CRMs come on board and ERP platforms for very specific industries and things of that nature. So that market kind of um, changed on us. And so we were no longer finding as much line of business web applications to write, but we did see a real need uh, for content management and e-commerce implementations, which is the majority of our work today and what we do um, as the organization. Uh, And and generally, we're largely involved with nonprofits, both associations and performing arts groups. Uh, And we're really built on three core principles here. It's technology, of course, because that's what we're about. But more importantly, we like building things. So we like to build stuff and websites is our, our medium for that, if you will. And then uh, the last component of what we do is we like helping people. So uh, we kind of combine all that together and we say, hey, we are a technology advancing purpose. So we really look to help organizations achieve their mission through technology. Wonderful. So you've uh, been in technology your entire career. Um, Adage is 20 years old. So yeah, so you've seen quite a bit and this, you know, we're experiencing unusual times right now. What makes this time different as it relates to technology and new advancements? Uh, That's a really good question. I think, you know, it's kind of accelerated some things in sense of um, having to, obviously everyone's had to become virtual almost overnight. And so uh, we've seen that change and what that's done a little bit to what we're seeing out in the market is that there's this need to then engage with whether it be membership or audiences 
or customers in general, uh, how can you engage with them better online in whatever way, shape, or form you can do that uh, based on your organizational structure. So um, we're, we're seeing that happen quite a bit uh, out in the, as far as our customers are concerned. That's great. So the digital world is um, progressing. <laughs> it truly is an accelerant um, out there. And so it's really impacting learning and the skills domain. You talked about content management and your, and your focus around website development, which is very important now. What new skills do you see um, or do you believe associations will need um, in the future on their teams? So you know, I kind of have this thing I call the four roles that are necessary in any type of digital project. And um, it's, it's taken me years to think about this and kind of put it together in my head, but it really kind of comes down to four roles. And, and the first role is, is certainly any digital project needs uh, your marketing role represented. So I call that, you know, we all know that as the chief marketing officer, but it doesn't necessarily need to have to have that title, but Somebody has to have that strategic interest of the organization in mind as it relates to marketing, right? And be part of that project because this is how you're out there presenting yourself, uh, you know, effectively to the world and to your membership and your base. Um, the next role, of course, is the CIO. And the CIO is really the, the keeper of the internal systems of the organization, right? They're the ones that make the CRM work, the AMS work, um, you know, any other platforms that you're engaging with or using uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. They're also in charge of security and infrastructure and all the things and internal processes that need to be in place to make a digital project work. Um, on the other side of that coin though, is you've got really this chief technology officer role or a product uh, role where they're the ones that are thinking about how can we apply technology today, right? To make um, the project or, or your products better, right? So in, in associations, it might be a, someone uh, that's in, responsible for the LMS or somebody that's responsible for uh, how you go to press with publications digitally and how you get that um, put out there to your membership or maybe enabling search better on your website. That's kind of what we look at as like the chief technology or product officer in this. And the fourth role, probably the most important role is the chief digital officer, right? And again, the titles don't matter as much. It's just the people that have the background. And, and I think the CDO role is important because they can navigate all three of those functions pretty well, right? They know, they, they have a pretty good grasp of marketing, what marketing can do, but really more importantly, the technology that marketing employs to make things happen online. Um, they have a good idea of the internal systems and can navigate that with the, the traditional CIO role and then finally the chief technology officer. Um, so they're really kind of the glue that keeps the whole project together. And so I think if, if you can fit those things in, whether it's through a consultant or through um, your own internal staff, that to me is the making of a, a successful digital project. So the CDO's role is looking at it systematically and how the different components integrate to achieve the outcome. Yeah, and they have a, ba a little bit of background in all that, and they, they yeah. typically love technology too, is the other thing yeah. I would probably say. Is. <laughs> so, Roy, what about small associations that are not able to afford a CDO or someone remotely close to that role? What would be your recommendation, particularly, I mean, you mentioned consulting. Do you, what would be your recommendation for a small association? So it's just that. I, I think, you know, associations do have um, um, the ability and, and probably the, the need oftentimes when they're a small group is to just engage somebody that has that. You don't need to hire someone full-time, certainly. It's just it's for, maybe it's a part-time that you can pull somebody in for a specific project. 
or it's, uh, you know, there are, there are fractional roles out there that you can have people uh, participate in for you to act in that capacity. So uh, that would probably be my recommendation is to look at those and see what you can pull in um, externally, but also what you might have internally and, and what people are interested in what their skill sets are. Because sometimes, you know, they might, you might have that person that really, really loves this stuff and be able to get after it internally and, and really take that opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah, that's a great segue into my next question. How can associations reskill their staff to be uh, able to work on digital projects, particularly now that many of the organizations are remote? Well, it's certainly changing. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, the, the fact that technology changes so fast that, that we need to keep that in mind, right? So there's not like one book that I would say, oh, go read that and you're going to be 100% all good to go, right? Um, I, there's certainly lots of material online to learn from. Uh, I think a lot of times it's just digging in and, and being part of the process. So uh, there's no website too small to build on your own, if you will, right? So just even understanding some of that and having gone through, even if it's a personal website, I think like people can gain a lot from that process because you have to go and edit content and you have to figure out who's going to host your site and who, you know, you, you start to understand something like what DNS provider you're going to use to get that, you know, that referral back to your, you know, your, your domain name. And there's just all these things that go into it that maybe some people don't realize. So just taking little projects on their own perhaps is a good way to start. Um, and then there's obviously a lot of how-to books in terms of getting started. And I would also advocate just a, a lot of um, reading online. I mean, that, yeah. it's as simple as that perhaps. <laughs> Everyone's doing that these days. <laughs> the yeah. online learning has definitely accelerated, which, which leads me to my next question. Uh, how has digital transformation evolved over the past five months since the pandemic? And what should organizations be thinking about as we emerge or start to open up whenever that will occur? Another good question. Um, and the, the, um, I think that digital transformation has um, obviously accelerated in, in a lot of different ways. The problem is it's so big, right? It's such a big thing for any organization to contemplate. So where do you start, right? So there's this notion of there's digital transformation, but there's also digital strategy. And maybe you're not ready to take on every aspect of your business, especially given the pandemic and, and the economic fallout from that. Um, you know, budgets have been cut back, right? So, so maybe it's a matter of taking a look at like what you can tackle today that's reasonable within budget and take down something in that. Um, knowing that maybe you might, you might miss a few things uh, and you're not doing complete digital transformation, but uh, I see people's um, uh, eyes dilate when I talk about this transformation because it's so big that uh, I think that they have to, um, uh, you just got to kind of look at it like, okay, what can we take down? What's reasonable? And let's just get something done digitally so that we can, and, and little wins are great, right? Because everyone feels good about those, right? You see, see progress, you don't talk to talk about it too much, it doesn't take too long, and you can start to test the waters. It's like almost like anything with marketing, you know, maybe start small, try a few things, see what works, and then expand on that. You mentioned, Roy, that you have an expertise in web design, web development um, adage. I'm curious about what how are websites evolving? In many cases, it's the first point of contact now with the association. Are you seeing new trends or new business models emerging? 
Yeah, so what we're seeing a lot more of is, is the need to uh, present uh, your content online, a, a higher focus has always been important, but you know, search has certainly always been important and will continue to be important so members can find content. And maybe they were getting that content before through conferences or in-person meetings or just word of mouth, right? But now it's, it's uh, it, you have to make it easier for members to find the content they're looking for. What we're also seeing is the need to perhaps paywall some stuff that wasn't paywalled before. Uh, and a strategy for getting um, conferences online and, and again, some sort of paywall in front of that. Um, you know, the virtual conference is, is one thing, and, and this is interesting, I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, one organization that we know has is, is announced their next conference is going to be uh, both, right? It's going to be in person. It's about a year from now. And they're also going to provide that virtually as well. And so I think that we're seeing a lot of that start to come to the forefront of people's minds is how can we do this in both ways? So not only are we serving those people that want to feel comfortable, let's say, getting together in person still, but also allow people to participate in the conference virtually because the tools are there. We're seeing that now, right? Um, and then, so that, that brings a whole other concept of how do we stream this video? How do we make it available to people in their homes? Uh, maybe even not on their, um, on their desktops and phones, but maybe through the other devices that are in their house. So how can we stream content through Roku or Apple TV or an Apple, or I should say a, a Amazon Fire Stick, right? Um, there is a whole method of doing that uh, video sharing uh, that uh, people are starting to contemplate as well. And then you, of course, have the, you know, how do you paywall it in a way that's, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about paywall. So it just simply means how are you going to protect some content and not protect others for, and, and just have a, um, have a payment method for accessing that higher level of content. So uh, there's, there's, you know, introductory content that we're probably all used to, but then um, there's a certain amount that in order to perhaps be a member and have access to that content, you're going to pay for that. Uh, and so that might be a benefit of a certain level of membership or just membership in general for some people. Mm -hmm. What do you, uh, what associations are doing it well, in your opinion, or can oh, you say? <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't say, <laughs> but um, uh, I would but say the ones that are doing, I mean, they're just considering different levels of membership, right? And they're taking, they're taking a hard look at their content, they're making it available. But what you'll see a lot of times is if you search for content, it either has a little lock by it or it doesn't have lock by it, right? And so then you go to click on it and then what they do well is that they'll say, hey, you know, to get to this content, you have to be a member or you have to be at this level membership. And uh, I think that that's helpful because you're sharing, you're letting them know the content's there for them. But hey, you know, if you want to, if you want to get access to this content, you need to become a member. But you certainly want to make some of that content available for you online, of course, uh, to the general public, if not your you know, potential member base. Yeah, you mentioned member uh, membership. Do you see that the membership model uh, for associations, is he, um, do you see it evolving based on what we're experiencing and, and based on paywall and some of the the other technological advancements? Uh, yes, I, I would say it's it's partially due to technology advancements, but it was happening before you know the the you know, pandemic hit. Uh, we are seeing it was hard for younger for associations to get younger members to join, right? So how do we start to engage them better? 
And that was one aspect of kind of just letting them know some of the benefits, but also um, kind of leading them down a, a, a member journey, if you will, right? And so uh, we're seeing that type of thought process get put into it to hopefully get member, you know, get new membership, younger membership a lot of times where uh, it was sort of a given that in, in, in former, I don't think it's new to anyone, right? It's uh, in former days, it was like, hey, I'm going to be, um, I want to be a member of this organization just because that's what you do, right? Now you have to, you have to make sure that members are aware of the value of the membership. Um, so, and also connecting people, that's always important for associations, right? That's so true. It seems like the role of the IT consultant is evolving. It seems like it's more of a partnership between the organization and uh, the consultant. Is that a true statement? Uh, it just seems more strategic these days. So it's not just create a website. It's what is the strategy, the thinking, the outcome behind that? Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I think it's it's critical, and you bring up a really good point. We evolved as an organization, uh, honestly, uh, up to six, seven years ago. We were really about, hey, we're great technologists. Tell us, tell us what you want to build, and we'll build it, and we're good at it, you know. And and that was something we really took to heart. But what I wasn't thinking about, uh, and and we did change that, is we weren't offering strategy, uh, digital strategy for that matter, right? As an organization. And so we really put a hard focus on it over the last seven years, I'd say, to become more, um, uh, conduct more workshops, do more um, strategy sessions with our customers, make sure that everyone's on the same page, break down the barriers and the silos and all those good, um, you know, uh, catchy K phrases that we like to say in consulting, but it's really, it's true. It's, it's more important than I ever gave it credit for because again, I come from a technologist background. It's like we can solve anything with technology. Well, people get in the way, communication gets in the way. And I think that's the one thing I learned is that we need to have everybody on the same page, get everyone moving in the same direction, uh, and then you know enable the team so that everyone's had a voice uh, in the project. And so then we can bring some things to light and everyone can say point back and say, okay, that was the initial idea behind this. And this is the strategy we all agreed to. So now we're going to execute on it. Right. So as we uh, conclude here today, help us understand. Help us understand what keeps you awake at night these days. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, you know, jeez, uh, um, I think a little bit of everything. But uh, you know, specifically as an organization like ours, we worry about. Uh, it's 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 balancing resource. I think everyone goes through this, right? It's balancing resources with uh, the needs of our customers, right? And having the right balance there, and making sure that we're we're doing that. We also, you know, we take it to heart that we don't want to put technology in the hands of our customers if they don't need it. So it's like applying the right technology solution to right size the project. Um, that's really important to us. We want to we want to. We want to enable everyone for success, uh, and we certainly want to keep our our customers happy. And that's really the best way that we can think about doing it is just by making sure that we're delivering on what we promised. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't always hit the bottom line the right way, but that's uh, that's our goal. Well, that's awesome. What is the one thing you would want our members to know? The one thing, if you had one final comment, what would that be? The one thing, action-oriented. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think that when engaging a digital consultant, I think I'll go there. How's that? Um, That's great. It, it, it's, it, 
it requires everybody at every level of the organization because it is so important today. And I would emphasize that executive sponsorship is critical and keeping those lines of communication open with the provider and almost insisting on it to check in because what we run into is it just, I think what we've run into in the past is like, oh, those technology guys are, and gals are over there doing this work. We'll just wait to see the website when it's done. But it's really important that everyone's brought along the way and stays up to speed on it and tries to understand, right? It's, 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 uh, it's part of our daily lives and I, it's more important than ever for executive sponsorship to be engaged and part of the process. I totally agree with that. We engage your services in the discovery process for us through uh, our digital transformation uh, efforts. And I do recognize the importance of staying close to the initiative and being a, a key sponsor. So we appreciate that. Well, thank you, Roy, for your time today. Thank you for being a partner to Association Forum. We value a partnership with you. And so if our members are interested in contacting you, what would be the best way? I go to our website, www.adagetech.com, A-D-A-G-E-T-E-C-H.com. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Roy, for uh, the conversation today. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have taken quite a few notes, <laughs> things Thanks. I had not thought about. So and thank you to our listeners, um, and thank you so much for uh, being members of Association Forum. Until next time, be well.